I've been thinking about you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Football Ramble. Manchester United stay top and there was a big win for Big Sam. It's Monday 18th of January. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Jim Campbell. And I'm Pete Donaldson. Welcome, one and all. It's Montag, as the Germans would say, and I'm feeling fabulous, Jim Campbell. How about you, baby girl? Yeah, I'm feeling whatever the German for fabulous is myself. So, yeah, yeah, Wunderbar, you could have said. I could have said that, but I don't know much German. Yeah. That's fabulous. Peter, you little arschlock, how are you getting on? <laughs> I'm all right. It's Monday, the sun's sort of trying to break through the clouds uh-huh. uh, in Hertfordshire, and I've got a dog on my lap, so everything's oh, good. Dog yeah. on the lap, eh? Mm. Very good indeed, gentlemen. Very good indeed. Uh, what I tell you what, what a red Sunday it was. What oh. a red Sunday! It was so <laughs> the red. Hype delivered. Even... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the hype packages were delivered and were then redundant. Yes, they were. Indeed. Yes, they were indeed. My goodness, sizzle real Sunday. Yeah, this, do, you know, do you know what this felt like a little bit? Do you remember the FA Cup final? And I think it was 1996 when Liverpool played Manchester United. And it was like, oh my goodness, it's the FA Cup final. This was when mm. the FA Cup final, the build-up was like throughout the day. I don't know if they still do that anymore. I think lockdown has changed everything, uh, you know, in, in, in what I remember and so on. But it, it was a huge build-up. And obviously they won Manchester United by the solitary Eric Cantona goal, but it was such a disappointment. It is absolutely mm. stinking final. However, what I would say though, Jim, is this this Liverpool Manchester United game that ended nil nil. It I didn't find it as offensively bad as others seem to find mm, it. No, Maybe because I didn't buy into the hype. Yeah, it was better than the the Manchester derby earlier in the season, wasn't it? And uh, yeah, I, I kind of naively bought into a little bit of the hype, which I do every single time I sit down to watch any football match, even though a lot of football is like throw-ins and waiting <laughs> for someone to take a free kick. When you look like, at, the, at the time when the ball's in play, it's like, you know, sort of 55 minutes or something like yeah, that. Like remarkably exactly. Low. Yeah. But it was, I mean... It, it was a fairly kind of interesting game in a sort of football nerd's perspective, wasn't it? I think United were a lot sturdier. Or, or, well, actually, they were sort of typically sturdy of how they've been in this run that's got them into the position they're in. So that was quite sort of interesting to see them enact that. And Liverpool, you know, I think they've got to take immense credit for starting the game with um, Fabinho and, and Henderson in, in the centre of their defence, as they've done fairly often, but out of necessity, and still being fairly comfortable in terms of not really looking like they were going to realistically concede and actually c- continuing to to play their game in in the, in the kind of customary style that we come to expect from them so you know i think you have to take that into account in in, in the the context of this game and not just look at the occasion and you know what the hype kind of told us we were going to get i mean it's it's a funny one because i think I think this season we're going to see a lot of changes at the top of the league. If Man City win their game in hand, which is against Villa, then they will go top. And I think this is going to happen for for quite a while, for for potentially months, where it will just be every every round of games will be a different person at the top. And I'm actually I'm kind of I mean I'm more hyped for that. So if this draw enables that, good. I'm glad. I don't even care that there weren't goals. Whatever. 
Yeah. No, you well, can't you... meet my girlfriend. You go to another school. <laughs> and she's a model. Um, were you hyping all that up, Jim? Means that it's only going to inevitably disappoint those who who listen and follow your every word. And and True. I am one of those people, I should say. Um, but uh, Peter, a, a Liverpool not scoring uh, for the for the third straight uh, Premier League match in a row. I mean, it's nearly as rare as a Lionel Messi red card. Yeah, I, I think the front three really let Klopp down uh, in this match. Uh, and by front three, I mean Tyler, Carragher and uh, Neville uh, in, in commentary. But, uh, it, yeah, it was... I, I mean, Shakiri put in a put in a corner at one point. And I thought, bloody hell, if nobody gets on the end of that, nobody wants to, to score from that. I don't think they've got that much much chance. It was... I, I think the way that um, Liverpool have been misfiring, they just can't seem to get the ball uh, in the net. I think as as we kind of got to about like 60, 60 minutes, 70 minutes, I think Man United were just, you could see a visible frustration on their faces. Like, we this this is our chance to, to, to win this match. Definite opportunity missed for Manchester United because Liverpool just looked like they weren't able to just get the, get the ball in the net. They, you know, they had a patch of central defence and Solskjaer did that thing before the match where he sort of rolled his magic eight ball to decide his, his attack <laughs> where, he, where he's like, I'm not going to tell you what's going to happen. Oh, I'm going to put Martial on the left. And, and <laughs> Petey Pogman on the right, and yeah. and, and I, I just thought Why is Lukaku ta- telling that he doesn't play anymore. <laughs> <laughs> just I just think he got his tactics wrong a little bit, and I thought Man United did have a chance of, of winning it. Rashford was offside so many times; he looked so isolated at the top, and I, I don't know whether anything could have been done about Brunner's passing because he had a bit of a stinker. But they just couldn't yeah. deal with the, the press. Every pass seemed to be rushed, and so many mistakes were made, and, and they only looked more sensible uh, when they got Cavani on, on the field. Enjoyable match, though. Really, really fun match, yeah. I thought. I mean, Pogba had a chance late on, didn't he? Um, mm. Alisson made a good save from it. And, you know, it was it was kind of fairly straight at him, but also he didn't have much time to, to place mm. it and hit it about as hard as you can. Um, also, Rashford did have... Rashford, going back to Fabinho and, and Henderson, when Rashford had a chance kind of kind of marauding into the box late on. They shepherded him out really, really well. So it's just mm. a bit of a chess match in the end, wasn't it? I think well, United were doing what they do and, yeah. um, you know, trying to play on the counter. And it Jim, just on that they... Rashford chance, though, I'd like to jump in there. I said the other week when Rashford scored late on for Manchester United, he got lucky because he should have passed it to Cavani. And Cavani mm. was a bit annoyed, but he, he got a deflection and it went in. Whereas this time, he should have slipped Cavani in and he didn't. And and so he, he should have learned. And, yeah. and I, I was bloody proved right, Peter. <laughs> Yeah. A lot of a lot of Cavani's Manchester United career has been him being incredibly frustrated that he's not got the pass. <laughs> like he yeah. spent so much time being a big angry horse. It's enjoyable. Yeah. I just feel like as the government should listen to Marcus Rashford, Marcus Rashford should listen to Marcus Speller. Exactly. All agreed. All agreed. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer said post-match, I think everyone was a bit disappointed with the way we started the game, but that is a good feeling to have that we were disappointed in the performance. They want more disappointment. Um, but mm-hmm. I do understand uh, what he what he means by that. Klopp said that they were happy with the way Liverpool felt the game. They, they had a good little they had a good little feel. Klopp also said though after the match, it's not about if we don't become champions. It's not fun anymore. I don't know what he means by that. Oh, we've done that. It's boring. Um, yeah. the, mo- the most important thing is to qualify for the Champions League, and I know how difficult it is. This season will be a tough race for the top four. Now, Jimmy's he's right. Of course, it will be a tough race. And as you said, you know, the the the, the leadership could change hands and, and all that kind of stuff. But do you find those quotes a little bit odd for Klopp? Yeah, I th- but I think there, there must be, you know, a bit of 4D chess going on 
some mind games going on there. He he, he I don't know who's head he's thing. trying to get into. But he said he, he says he not. doesn't. Yeah, but that sounds like the sort of thing someone would say if they're trying to do him on the sly. You know, he's a double um, agent. Exactly. I mean, if you're in a league with Jose Mourinho, you don't really have a choice, do you? You have to. You play mind games whether you know it or not. You're tricked into it, so you might as well embrace it. Yeah, that's um, So I, I think he's trying to perhaps position them as underdogs because before the game as well, he said that he's more comfortable chasing because that's the situation he's more familiar with throughout his career. So mm. perhaps he's trying to instill that idea that um, they are going to have to like drag others back because if you've, you know, if you, as we've heard so many times, it's it's harder to retain a league than it is to win one. So perhaps Klopp wants to put them back in the underdog mindset um, so that complacency doesn't set in. Yeah, I, I don't agree with that. It's harder to win a league than to retain one because if you've won a league, then you look at the teams that have won leagues. Do you, do you mean, sorry, do you mean harder to retain a league than win one? Yes. No, no, no. I mean, it's harder to win a league than retain one because if you look at the teams who have won leagues, a lot of them have sort of retained it or or at least won it. <laughs> the stats are in Marcus's favour on this one, yeah. I reckon. <laughs> Premier League teams who haven't won the Premier League, right? I think it's harder for them to win it than, say, Liverpool to retain the <laughs> You know what I mean, though. I do yeah. take your point, Jim, you little yeah. fraud. Um, yeah, you, you took it for a little wander around the around the town, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> took it for a night out with the boys. Yeah. Peter, your man Luke Shaw had a good game, didn't he? He did. I, I, he's, he's having a, an incredible season, I think. Where, 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 will, where will he go after this? Big money move to Real Madrid? Maybe. There's a tell. There's a tell. I didn't think we'd hear that. It's lovely stuff. Well, say something more outrageous. I mean, I wouldn't say he's a Galactico, but, no. you know, I'll he'd be worth a... All the Galacticos gone. He'd be worth yeah. a, a little 50. A little 50 <laughs> mil. <laughs> auditioning for the part of his agent, I see. Uh, Tiago was uh, was rather decent uh, in he the was game, great, wasn't he? Nice On to his see... home debut. Yeah, it, nice to see... Uh... It, nice to see uh, a, a, a bit of him, of course. You know, we know he said his injury troubles and so on. And in that Liverpool midfield, there's a lot of competition for places and so on. But you've, one can forget that Liverpool do have that type of player now, Jim, who yeah. was brought in to kind of unlock the door, although, of course, he didn't in this game. But, you know, he should be pretty good as, as the season goes on. Mm. I mean, it, it, he could also sort of pick the lock of that door, can't he? By which I mean, he's really good at dribbling past players. Um, and it's, it's just a joy to watch, isn't he? He had that shot as well fairly late on, which um, um, De Gea dealt with not pretty well. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see more of Thiago. It could be, you know, obviously Liverpool are missing a lot of players, but it might be going under the radar a little bit. What, what an impact he can have in terms of potentially galvanising them. Because, you know, it, it is going to be an, an anomaly that they're, they've stopped scoring, scoring goals for a bit. The, the players have got in that team. I know they've got mm. injuries and stuff and, and et cetera, and it's probably a risk of burnout, but they're going to start scoring again. Of course they are. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what Thiago can do to uh, enable that. Yeah. In, in Manchester United's midfield, obviously mentioned Bruno Fernandes or Fernandes, uh, who yeah, he had a chance himself and so on, uh, set up nicely by by Luke Shaw. But old mm. Fred has been uh, ever present in Manchester United's midfield this season. And he said that he suffered a lot of criticism uh, in his first season at Manchester United. One could forget that. He said everyone was calling him a flop. And he said, I always kept motivating myself. I never dropped the shuttlecock. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I have to say... To, to be fair to Fred, he's genuinely a lot better now that he's training for the right sport 
Mm. <laughs> I think that has made a, a huge difference to his game. Is that a thing? Yeah, is that is that a saying? Drop the because sh- shuttlecocks are by their very nature quite floaty. I mean, mm. you know, it, it's it's easier to keep in the air than say a volleyball or a tennis ball or, so, or a football. Yeah. Or a football, even. Yeah. yeah. It's obviously lost in translation, but it's it's yeah. very enjoyable nonetheless. I thought he was really tenacious in, 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 in the field. And, and um, Juan Bissaka as well. I thought when, when on the on the few occasions that he lost the ball, he was just absolutely going off on the player who took it. It was brilliant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, Manchester United are still top of the league, though, Jim Campbell. Mm, they but they're... Their noisy neighbours, though, are, are gaining ground and uh, they have a game in hand on them, of course. But Manchester City, it shows you how good they are and how good their form is because they beat a Roy Hodgson team 4-0. Yes. And, and Andros Townsend, they kept him quiet. Yeah, I mean, well, Palace, they're hard to beat, aren't they? It's, that's their whole thing. It's like their Cornish pasty. That's what they do. Liverpool beat them 7-0. Yeah, well, Liverpool are really good as well. Yeah. So, shut oh. up. You tricked yeah. me there. You reeled me in. Did you hear that, everyone? That's entrapment, that is. Well, uh, John Stones is reeling us in because now we think of him as a, as, a, as a great goal scorer, perhaps. I know Luke Moore does. Um, will Pep be starting him as a false nine soon, Peter? <laughs> I, I thought he'd only scored, to be honest. I was really surprised that uh, this was one of his first goals for uh, Man City. Uh, yeah, in, in, incredible. I, for some reason, because he's such a, a ball-playing centre-back, I just presumed he fancied putting the ball in the net because Man City just scores so many goals. I just thought, it, you know, the idea of John, Sco- uh, John Stone scoring, I just is he got lost in the mix a little bit. But yeah, yeah. incredible. It's not nice seeing Pep's, Pep's 50th birthday as well. Was it really? Today. Today, I think. Oh, how about that? Well, Pep. With with John Stones, um, before we go on to Pep, uh, Pep said, well, Pep himself said about the uh, the, the young centre half, if there is one guy who deserves the best, it is John. He struggled a lot, but he's a fantastic human being. His parents must be so proud. And Aww. when I read that, I thought to myself, my goodness, he has never sounded more like Donald Trump ever. Because that is a type of thing that if there is one guy who deserves the best, it's John. He's struggled a lot. He's a fantastic human being. His parents must be so proud, so proud. <laughs> he does sound, I think he's sort of channeling. Sounds like Fred Flintstone. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, but, yes, uh, so uh, so he's turned 50 um, today. Yeah, the, oh, that's right, because the reporter asked him what he'd be doing for his 50th birthday, and he said, I'll be spending it at home alone. Oh, that's sad. That's sad, isn't it? I'm sure he'll find something to do. He'll probably watch nine football matches at once and be very, very content. Yeah, well, I think that if there was no lockdown, I would fancy um, Bayern CEO Karl-Heinz Rummenigge to, to give him a little visit. Did you see this big Carl talking about Pep? I thought, my goodness, they're falling in love. He revealed a different side to Guardiola than one we've seen before. He said he remembers the fateful evening he and Pep went for Dindins when the Spaniard told him he was leaving Bayern. And he said, Pep played with open cards from the start. It was an emotional evening. He cried. I also shed tears. Apparently there was much wine drunk and rumour said to Guardiola, Rumenega said to Guardiola, Pep, today you had better leave your car behind and get yourself taken home. Beautiful, <laughs> Peter, isn't it? Mm. Look, if, if other footballers um, took that advice, it <laughs> <laughs> might, might be better off. Yeah. He also said of Pep, he's a totally reliable, a great person with whom you can have fun. We wrote to each other on Christmas and New Year's Eve. We text regularly, although he's not a fan of WhatsApp. Backing up! Santi Canazares' claim we were talking about the other day that Pep Guardiola doesn't have WhatsApp. My goodness, I didn't think we would get Karl-Heinz Rummenigge as the man to <laughs> confirm that. 
Well, look, I mean, it's it's just a waste of time for Pep where he, he could be spending time just, just looking at formations and watching old videos. But well, obviously WhatsApp uh, have lost a, a fair few um, users mm. recently. Maybe uh, Pep was just all across uh, end-to-end encryption and internet security and Facebook's benevolent, <laughs> a bit more mm. rather malevolent behaviour. Yeah, well, he's very forward-thinking. Very progressive, so you you, you could say mm. that. Little mention, uh, Jim, for De Bruyne's assist for John Stones' first goal. It's always nice Little to mention. see. <laughs> Little mention. Why are we talking about anything else? <laughs> Far away, sir. Oh, it's just it was a magnificent thing to watch, wasn't it? It was absolutely beautiful. Even the sound of it, as as he sort of clipped it in, was just magnificent to do that with that power from the outside of your boot. And that's his hundredth assist for City. Um, I think since De Bruyne had joined City. Um, Christian Eriksen is the closest to that with 68, which is amazing. That's in all competitions, but still. And also the thing with City is they are racking up the clean sheets now. And I think consistency is is what's going to win the title this season. And they are kind of purring into that sort of form that makes you think they might be um, the most likely candidate, if you ask me. They're looking imperious, aren't they? And uh, just sort of brushing Palace aside, 4-0, easy peasy. But the way they're playing, Pete, is... The way they played, you know, when they were dominant that season, mm-hmm. when they won everything domestically, which Guardiola said we're playing like that as well. They just turn up and it's kind of like, yeah, we know what we're doing. And and the way De Bruyne plays, it is like he sort of thinks, mm, is is this the best? Is this the is this all football has for me on this planet? Okay, fine. I, I suppose I have to play with this lot. <laughs> it's it's they're, mm-hmm. they're looking phenomenal. He's, uh, I, th- I think De Bruyne has clearly seen the drop-off in the amount of people who've um, uh, jettisoned the, him from uh, their fantasy league teams, and he's yeah. probably just trying to play his way back into that situation. <laughs> but you're right. But you're right. It is going to be about consistency at, at the end of the season. Um, so many teams uh, are in the frame, but uh, it is going to take a, a, a team who've who've got an incredible squad uh, and a lot of quality off the bench who who all know how to play a certain way uh, mm-hmm. to, to back the back the prize. Mm. And I think as well, when De Bruyne is in this form, like with respect to Palace, he becomes unplayable against teams like mm. that, against the, mm. the teams where if you're going to win the league, you, you need to be beating them probably twice. And mm. he uh, he just makes that so much easier, doesn't he? Yeah, certainly. Certainly. Um, right, Jim, you've only gone and recorded a brand new book club over at Football Ramble Presents. Tell us about it, you bitch. I only have, and I I will. Uh, Myself and Kate spoke to the uh, comedian and author of Klopp, actually, uh, Laura Lex. So near the start of the pandemic, Jurgen Klopp had been asked his thoughts on how the government should act in the wake of coronavirus. And his response was to essentially question why anybody would ask a football manager or a celebrity that question instead of an expert. So on the 13th of March, Laura tweeted the following. If I ever met Jurgen Klopp, I'd say, OMG, if we ever have a baby, we should call it Clip, just so he'd raise an eyebrow at me and tell me I'm a moron and I'd be so naked by the time he'd finished doing that. And then what followed uh, was was a, a thread of, of kind of similar imagined scenarios as Laura's imaginary life with Jurgen Klopp. And it became this huge sensation on Twitter to the point where it's now uh, exists in book form. She wrote a whole book, a sort of a kind of diary a kind of you know uh, imaginary look at her potential life with um her version of Jurgen Klopp clock Jurgen Klopp and I can tell you it's very very (laughs) funny myself and and Kate um spoke to her about it the other day about how um this sort of thing happens and uh what it's like when Piers Morgan gets involved um saying oh what if a man said this and all kinds of different things and it's 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 a really funny book it was a really funny interview so it's available now over on Football Ramble Presents so check it out Love Speaking that, of uh, Jurgen Klopp, uh, Marcus, um, mm-hmm. 
There was obviously at the weekend uh, an episode of The Masked Singer. Where did they get that name from? Uh, and uh, <laughs> I believe there was a a man in a in a clock uniform, in a clock uh, costume. Yes. Uh, and that person was Glenn Hoddle, I believe. Lovely to see Glenn Hoddle taken to the stage <laughs> singing again. It's, yeah. it's also quite nice to see one of football's old guard dressed as a grandfather clock. It's quite poetic <laughs> in a way, isn't it? Uh, Very apt. Just a shame he's gone solo. Um, yeah, you know the sort of the George Michael of the Hoddle and Waddle duo. Yeah, Waddle, oh, he was always going to. He was the George Waddle. Michael. I think Chris Waddle is the Andrew Ridgely in that. I think he was always going to go solo. <laughs> it could have been a little bit like in Beauty and the Beast, and Waddle could have been like a a little teacup or something. I enjoy it. <laughs> or a candlestick. Yeah, I think nice. he'd be looking around at all the other singers, thinking, "Oh, they just can't do what I can do." No, <laughs> no. <laughs> lovely old job, right, ladies and gentlemen? Let's have a quick break. Hi, I'm Dion Dublin, and when I'm not banging my tube, I'm listening to the Football Ramble. Welcome back to the Football Ramble, everybody. Now, let's have a Betway 4 to score update. Uh, let's see what we got on the Betway 4 to score this weekend. Entry to Betway 4 to score is free each week. Pick the first goal scorer in Betway's four selected matches for your chance to win the £50,000 weekly jackpot. Make sure your selections are submitted before the first game. Further T's and C's apply. Game 1, Leicester versus Southampton. Uh, I picked Jamie Vardy. Of course, I was wrong. It was James Madison. Game, game two, Sheffield United versus Spurs. Jim picked Son Heung-min. The result, of course, was Serge Aurier. Game three, Liverpool versus Manchester United. Andy picked Edison Cavani. He should have been the first goal scorer if Marcus Rashford had put him in. But, of course, the result was no goal scorer. So, the, the, you know, we think we pick Vardy, we pick Son, we pick Cavani. Think oh, I've got a good chance there. Game four, Manchester City versus Crystal Palace. Luke picked John Stones, much to the surprise of everybody. The result was John Stones. Luke played his part. The three of us let Luke down. We'll be back with another round of Betway's four to score on the preview show this Friday. Now it's time for emails. And it is indeed time for emails. Simon Carter has been in touch and he says simply, following on from your listener whose family had Bovril on toast, not only did my admittedly odd family do this, but my snack of choice is a Bovril and salad cream sandwich. I'm neither <laughs> pregnant nor mental. Delicious. That's the whole email. <laughs> Love that. Disgusting. If anyone eats anything more disgusting than that or comparable, Jim. get in touch. Let us know. What are your weirdest snacks? What are you doing, Jim? <laughs> I did uh, over the weekend uh, something I do quite often is uh, leftover pizza from the day before, um, dri uh, cover it in egg uh, and then fry it like French toast, um, stick a load of maple syrup on it. Delicious. My favourite um, bit there is cover it in egg. <laughs> cover it in egg. I get that. I think that's not a bad idea, but the maple syrup, yeah. I'm not sure. I'd be willing to try it though, Peter. 
Have a crack, mate. Have a crack. Bit of sweet and, 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 and savoury. Um, from Callum in Hong Kong. Got an email from uh, Callum. I heard Kate discussing Citigroup's Chinese club last week and what a name Sichuan Robot Panda is. However, I'd like to credit the current name uh, a little as Zhu Nu, uh, or, or pronounced rather like Joe Neo. means nine cows. Nine cows is already one of the better names in Chinese football. It makes a refreshing name from property developers and electronics companies uh, crowbarring their names into the club names. British equivalents for Jiangsu Suning and Guangzhou RNF would be Birmingham's uh, Birmingham Curries or Manchester Red Raw. Uh, it's difficult, isn't it? I, 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 I've got a lot of love for um, J League, for example, uh, and um, Shimizu S Pulse uh, released their. Um, every year, football teams in Japan seem to come up with like a name or a kind of uh, like a motto or a slogan for the year. Uh, and, you know, they may fall short, they, they may succeed, but either way, this is the thing that they kind of go with every single every single week. It's all, on all of their social medias. So Shimizu S Pulse for 2021, <laughs> their, uh, their slogan or, or their word of, of the season is penetrate. Oh. Um, and it, it's always in English. It always sounds batshit. <laughs> Penetrate. <laughs> uh, also, um, I don't know who. I, I think it's. Uh, I think it's. Is it Jeff? I think it might be Jeff United. Uh, born in Chiba City. <laughs> That's what they've gone for. Not a clue what that means. Uh, Degu's uh, 2020 catchphrase was "size doesn't matter." No. Uh, I love J League slogans. It, they're really, really a lot of fun. Size doesn't matter if you're having a bone in thingy city. But make sure yeah. you penetrate just to put them all together. <laughs> to where the airport is, probably yeah. you know, not a bad idea. Not a bad yeah. idea. Lovely. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you like that kind of nonsense and you can contribute to it, show at footballramble.com is the email address. Right, mm. we move on to the first black country derby in nine years. Sam Allardyce had the final say, Jim Campbell. His West Brom side had an incredible 3-2 victory at Wolverhampton Wanderers, a much-needed win to get the smile back on Big Sam's face. Yeah, and I can imagine this is probably very satisfying for West Brom fans because, I mean, I don't know any Wolves fans, but I can imagine the banter uh, train has really gone in one direction um, over this time. So to actually get a win now they're finally facing them again must have been pretty good. Um, and nice to see a goal from Fabio Silva, though. Yeah, he's, he's got a lot of pressure on his shoulders. He's, he's not just because of the price tag, but because he's been thrust in to kind of, you know, just be the main man. And the composure on that was a real glimpse of why they paid so much money for him. Mm-hmm. No, you're absolutely mm-hmm. right. And uh, But it wasn't enough, of course. It, it wasn't enough. I mean, West Brom, you know, they, they stuck to their task very, very well. And with old Pereira sticking away the penalties, you know, that's the kind of composure that, that you need down there. You know, people... And I understand it's it's a penalty, but still you've got to stick it away. Um, but I did. Uh, it, Sam Allardyce could be seen saying, um, I think it was West Brom's third. He said, you know, about effing time when the ball went in or something like that, <laughs> uh, which is quite enjoyable. Um, but I think that, that West Brom, obviously they were they were beaten quite badly the other week, and and Allardyce looked quite despondent. Um, but he's had a result like that. They're beginning to kind of find their feet under. Allardyce and, and and Sam started saying that he's finding leaders in his team and he said of Carl Bartley he's a nice big centre half like I was that's yeah. the stuff Peter that's the stuff come on it is I mean he's, he's making 
very basic decisions and they're sort of coming good for him. I mean, he's moved Pereira away from the wing and I, I, I don't know, maybe the previous manager got confused about the, the other Pereira at Leicester, but he <laughs> he just looks better there. Um, first header from a corner for, for like nine years apparently as well, which is uh, too bad. Um, oh, the long throw. And, uh, yeah, the long throw. So, I know some Alex's teams will be judged um, when you see stuff like that, but look, they they beat uh, an out of form Wolves side, admittedly, yeah. but it was a it was a fun match. It was a fun match. I mean, Catrona uh, could have um, squared it at the death, but yeah, I I, I do but kind of feel basics. sorry for. Because that's like, the yeah, thing. Just, just, yeah, just doing the basics. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, yeah. Obviously, it'll only take you so far, but when you're bottom of the league, you want to be taken that far, Jim. If you see what I mean. Mm, absolutely, and I thought actually, Sam Allardyce is. Um, words after the game were very interesting because he acknowledged the fact that um, they they had two penalties um, Mm. within the game. And obviously, if every centre-back they play against gives away a penalty, they'll probably be fine, but that's not going to be the case. (laughs) Um, And he said that he was basically disappointed that they didn't finish the chances that they made in open play. And this is what you get from him, isn't it? There's no like resting on laurels there. There's no kind of talking up the performance as as if it was um, a dominant um, win when there was a... Uh, you know there were circumstances behind the scoreline and that's that's great because you know clearly he's going to just use it to build on properly and and actually get them in a situation where they're not going to forget that they just because they won the game doesn't mean they they you know get a get a let off from not burying their chances i think as well snodgrass is a canny signing um it's very yeah. sort of very kind of alodicey i think you know this is if they are going to get out of it this is a, this is the start of that Great yeah. win for them. Um, I felt sorry for like um, for for Wolves a little bit. They, they changed the system to, to to get more goals out of them, and they, they're just leaking their front and centre, aren't they? It's going to be a difficult yeah. uh, end of the season uh, for them. Is he going to go back to the three four three that you know saw them so well last season? It'd probably be a decent foundation. Again, it's just let's just start with the basics, <laughs> like Sam yeah. Allardyce. Let's just play the players in the right formation and in the right place, and uh, and build from there. But yeah, I. I, I Oh, no, no. Oh, no, no. Oh, no, no. But what about uh, Wilder? Surely got to feel more for him than Nuno. I mean, Sheffield United, they lost again. uh, And they they really are struggling. I mean, obviously, they won uh, quite recently. But this performance, I mean, my Mm. goodness. Roy Keane and Graham Souness will stick the boot in, of course. But, I mean, words like pathetic were being used, you know, (laughs) in this performance. And it was. I mean, it was so bad against Spurs. I mean, I I understand they only lost 3-1. But, I mean... That sentence in itself, Jim, is ridiculous. That we only yeah. they only lost three one, you know. But it was piss poor from the Blades. Yeah, they, they look like a team who know they're out of their depth, don't they? Yeah, who just who just know that they can't match the those players not, man though. to man. But that's the thing because they stayed up. In fact, it's incorrect to say they stayed last up last last season. They 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 finished very very well indeed. So it's not like they've just been promoted. If that's the case, you can sort of see maybe. But this is this is sort of symptomatic of a team who are not picking up points and everyone is beginning to think, ah, let's. Ju- I just hope this season finishes very, very quickly. And that attitude, yeah. if that is seeping in, and you can understand yeah. why, again, they're human beings, blah, 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 blah. But Wilder has a hell of a job on his hands now because he's got to stop that because that is the rot that sets in, which which does write off the season when actually the season shouldn't be right off. They, they could get out of it, but... It's just, ah, oh, dearie me. Yeah, they look like a team that have sort of that, that don't have the required fight in them. Do you mm. know what I mean? Like they've they've just they had a really really bad start, and obviously so much of their season last year was based on just you know 
being really tight, nicking games, and and it is a style that takes it out of you, and it just looks like they're not up for it. And like, if you're in Chris Wilder's position, like, I, what do you even do in this situation? What do you even say in training? I don't know how you turn that around. I mean, I I doubt that they all get like end up with that lowest points tally because I think it, two wins would take them above it, which really shows you quite how bad Derby were in that season. Um, yeah. But the fact we're even talking about it shows how bad it is. And it's it, it, the players have to take responsibility for that at some point. But you say, you say two wins will take it above them. I, I understand that mathematically. Um, I mean, it's irrelevant to them if they go down, isn't it? Sure. I mean, yeah, but, but I mean, I was saying this about Fulham, wasn't I? At the start when Fulham looked really, really bad, but Fulham, mm. you know, Parker kind of got it, got it sorted. Uh, well, got it sorted. They're still only with 12 points, but you can see the improvement Whereas Sheffield United. When you say, well, another two wins, will they even get those two wins? I mean, they take on Manchester United, Man City and Chelsea in their next three, yeah. uh, or, or sorry, in the, within the next four fixtures, they have those three sides. You know, they get battered again. It's not exactly going to inspire them and instill more confidence in them, isn't it? It's it's really worrying for them. Mm. But what about Spurs, though? Let's turn turn our attention to, to Tottenham Hotspur. Good win for them. And that Ndombele goal, Peter, oh. made the weekend worthwhile. It was. I mean, I, I think Norwood losing it in, in the first instance. He never really had it, but then he also just looked a bit... Well, he got hammered by Keenan soon. <laughs> he did, but he, it was like a Rube Goldberg machine. Like He was a bit sloppy, and then he sort of set in motion a move that end in, in, in Dumbele, a man with a man with one lung finishing, f- finishing, <laughs> finishing incredibly well. I would like to ask one question to the Spurs fans who may, or may not be listening to the Ramble uh, today. Or they, they might be, actually, because they won a match, but you may think that you're fair-minded. You may think that you play with a straight bat. You may laugh at the idea of being like a myopic, frothing tribal football fan. But when I ask this question, you may want to think, did my bum just tighten even a centimetre just now? Here's the question. Did that football player mean it? Was it a cross? Oh, Peter, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, God, what Pete. Are you doing? Did your bum tighten You're a little bit? Yourself. Are you just a little bit angry? Then you're just as silly as the rest of us. <laughs> he clearly meant it, didn't he? Of course he meant it. <laughs> He's, look, is, if he didn't mean it, what the hell is he doing? <laughs> look, I, 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 kick I, it, like... I, I've really enjoyed the renaissance of uh, of I, Honestly, like it, it, it's just a really sort of good example of like not having the right players around you um, can make an incredible talent look a little bit lost. Hoiberg puts the shits of his teammates, and yeah, and, and, uh, oh yeah, and and Ndombele's just become a, a completely different player. Yeah, Hoiberg's been a great signing, and I think you can't underestimate that that the platform he gives others. You know, as soon as he went there, you thought to yourself, Hoiberg going into a Mourinho side. Yes, that makes all the sense in the world, but. Mourinho has to take a bit of credit uh, with Ndombele because, I mean, it wasn't that long ago he was holding one-to-one training sessions with him in lockdown. Now, he did say Ndombele, uh, his performance against Burnley, uh, you know, a little while ago was like having no midfield. And there was a danger that this player who had arrived, who everyone thought, oh, hang on, he's good. You know, the reports, I think Andy Brass was saying, you know, this Tunga Ndombele, he's, he's a brilliant player. He's got great potential as well. This is, they've got themselves a real player on their hands. And you thought, is this is he going to be one of those 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 um, uh, players under Mourinho who kind of is the collateral damage, falls by the wayside, and actually we never really get to see what he's worth. Whereas Mourinho, I think himself, must have realised, hang on, even I can't just bomb this guy out. You know, this guy's very <laughs> very good, so he puts the effort in. 
to do the one-on-one sessions to give him a chance. And he said of Ndombele um, yesterday, he's a great example that with me, the door is always open. When a player is not playing, he has to understand to walk through that door. He understood. Mm. And Jim, that deli. Even, <laughs> yeah, even as Mourinho is giving the credit to Ndombele and the other quotes are very much, the, the words are very much saying Ndombele takes the credit. You do feel at the same time that Mourinho is also saying, yeah, I did this. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and also, I think there's some subtle digs as well. So I'm interested in when a player is not playing, he has to understand how to walk through that door, which gives mm. the impression that like Luke Shaw kept walking into the door frame or something. <laughs> or just <laughs> couldn't figure out the handle. Yeah, it's crazy. Do you see Harry Kane in the post-match who said that the manager never tells him to sit back, it's the players? Has Mourinho got him at gunpoint behind the camera? (laughs) (laughs) Say the line, Harry, say it. Read what's on the paper. Um, Yeah, no, what a goal it was from Ndombele. Absolutely brilliant stuff. Um, Gentlemen, uh, everyone has forgotten about uh, Little Leicester in this uh, title race. They're talking about Manchester City, all can Manchester United, or Leicester beat Southampton 2-0. And they're right up there, Jim. Are they on the verge? I was going to ask you about that. Um, are they? I was going to ask you, are they back at the verge? Because they oh, were yeah. at the verge for a long time last season and they fell away from the verge. They sort of yeah. just peered over it mm. into, you know, a glory they've already experienced. Yes. Um, do, do you think, Marcus, as a big fan of, of, of Brendy Rodgers, um, mm. as, as we all are, do you think that falling away last season and having their little meeting in a hotel about it or whatever it was that they did to c- come to terms with it, do you think they'll they'll learn from that? Or do you think that they are perhaps at the ceiling of what they can achieve compared to your Liverpools and your cities and that they'll fall away again? Well, clearly they don't have the squad of, say, Manchester City or, or Liverpool or even Manchester United, you would say. But they're there. They, they've been... They've been fairly consistent um, and when I say fairly consistent you know they're two points off the top okay Manchester City place above them have a game in hand but they're in amongst it aren't they and as you said mm. that the, there's there's that sort of top you would say top five I wouldn't put Everton in the well who knows they might be up there soon but I would say Spurs Liverpool Leicester Manchester City Manchester United are the ones who all have title ambitions to varying degrees so Manchester City's title ambition will be greater than Leicester's because of the squad they have and the experience that they have even though Leicester did win the league fairly recently but largely the players that that won that that title have gone but they're in the conversation and of all those five teams you've just said whoever misses out on top four will be disappointed and Leicester have that experience of being one of the five and missing out on top four and being mm. disappointed hence that meeting in the hotel that we that we've spoken about so but Rogers all Rogers looks at that table and thinks well hang on teams are taking points of each other it's a bit of a mad season well this there's a chance that there is absolutely a chance they won't be uh, you know, they would probably be fourth or fifth favourites in, in in those five teams in the top five at the moment. But that'll do them nicely. That'll do them nicely. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, Cashris Michael's 400th appearance for Leicester City, Peter, hell of a milestone uh, for him. Um, but the the uh, an unwanted, uh, well, it's not really a milestone. This is a bit harsh. Vardy hasn't scored in four. Mm. He, did a, he did a lovely sort of step over early on. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you sort of thought that the way that they defended for the second Leicester goal, um, Southampton, you sort of thought oh, Vardy probably <laughs> probably should have put one away uh, at the very least. But it, it, at least it's going to be interesting to see how Ralph deals with the uh, next month though, because Bertrand's going to be out, 
um, after his yellow, and 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 they they really don't have a much of a, much of a squad at the moment. I think two two nil was sort of went easy on Southampton a little bit because they, they I, I don't think Ralph would have wanted to lean on Southampton's legendary youth setup quite as hard. It's it's been a um it's been a rough few weeks. They just don't seem to have um, the reinforcements coming off the bench. Oh, they're down to they're down to bare small bones. Yeah, <laughs> wasn't their worst performance against Leicester City over the years? No. Was it Peter? There we go. There it is. <laughs> Can I just say two things? Luke made me say that. I think it's actually really good of um, James Madison leading the way with a sort of socially distanced celebrations. So I, know, yes. I know they did it slightly tongue in cheek, but with a <laughs> slightly sense tongue in right, cheek. Right. <laughs> yeah, but they still did it, right? Which is important. And it's good that players are actually doing that. And secondly, Pete, do you still have a dog on you? <laughs> uh, it just left, actually. It just left. Right. Okay. Um, you could probably hear uh, the stomach rumbling. Uh, yeah, throughout, and it's not me; it's it's the dog. Sure, <laughs> but we do have very similar diets. Peter, what do you think of Mikel Antonio's celebration? I, I, to be honest, I must have missed that one. What, what happened? What happened in that celebration? He was swimming. Oh yes, of course. Yes, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoyable. Look, he tweeted, "I, you know, we only s- swim when we're winning or something." <laughs> very good. I think that's very good. I think that's worth is it. Is it good or is it incredibly laboured? Yeah. <laughs> Hard work, isn't know. it? I don't know whether he, uh, yeah, I, I liked it. I, I've got to say, I'd I, uh, sign me up for that kind of case. Can we, can we talk about Alex McCarthy's uh, performance in that? I, I, thought, I thought he was socially distancing himself from all of the goals as well. Yeah. All of the balls as they hit the back of the net. I thought, I just, oh dear. Hang on. Stinking, stinking performance. Oh, so when Harvey Barnes ran through on goal, are you saying he should have saved it? Yeah, I think he should have. Yeah, I, I think, to be honest, out of the two, I think that he should have saved that one. So there you go. Well, not everybody's big Darlow, mate. Come on. <laughs> give, give a bit of credit. Um, <laughs> gentlemen, what a, uh, one of Southampton's uh, favourite sons is Theo Walcott, I'm sure we can all agree on that. He opened up his uh, opened up about his early days at Southampton and how he got off on the wrong foot with Dennis Wise. I don't think there's any other foot to get off on with Dennis Wise, to be perfectly <laughs> honest with you. A man who uh, Alex, Alex Ferguson once said could uh, start a fight in an empty room. But Theo Walcott said he put a ball through a window at Southampton's training ground and Wise came out screaming, who the f*** did that? The glass had gone into his leg. Oh, oh dear. Oh. Walcott said, I owned up to it straight away. All of a sudden, he just said, no worries, Theo. He had glass in his leg, but he took it like a man. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure it wasn't Mark Dennis? I just, it doesn't sound like Dennis Wise. No. Also, it doesn't I, um, sound like Theo Walcott putting a ball through a window from distance. Accuracy uh, <laughs> on that. I think it does know, sound right? like Theo Walcott because he was clearly aiming for a goal. He? He, um, he, 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 also in that interview, he was talking about um, how Dennis Wise asked uh, Theo Walcott if he would make some cups of tea for the guys on the coach. Um, and he said that this is the weirdest thing. He said, I didn't even know how to make teas. Mm. <laughs> what? Who doesn't bit... know how to make teas even at like 18? That's insane. Yeah, that is a bit. I get like if it's kind of like you've got to grind the coffee up or something, but teas. <laughs> mm. Stick the bag in there. Yeah. Yeah, strange one, strange one. Uh, right, gentlemen, let's uh, move on uh, very quickly to the championship. Wayne Rooney officially retired from football on Friday to become permanent boss at Derby County. Uh, well, obviously, this has been you know, in the pipeline for a while. He's obviously taken charge there and so on, so it wasn't a huge surprise, but it's official now. It is official, and he kicked off with a 1-0 defeat to Rotherham, leaving them 23rd. He's got a lot of, um, he's got a lot of work to do, Jim. He does, and he seems to have like just accepted his fate, doesn't he? So, yeah. oh, God, I'm just a manager now. All right. <laughs> None of this player manager nonsense. No Rooney of the Rovers sort of stuff here. 
for some reason. Um, they need it. They do need. They need someone, don't they? But it's, yeah, it's a pretty dire situation. Um, uh-huh. it's, it's, I, I don't really know how I feel about it. I just feel like it was only yesterday that he was scoring that really memorable goal against Arsenal, and it, 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 his whole career has been as I'm an adult. Like it's yeah. taken place in my adulthood, and I, I don't feel good about that. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think, um, I think with, I think Rooney sort of obviously he, he can't really affect things on the pitch as a player anymore. That that mm. is going to frustrate. I think there's a distinct lack of urgency at the weekend, and Rotherham quite rightly played the ref as best they could. But the pitch, I mean, look, you've got terrible home form to start with. At least get your pitch right for crying out loud. I don't know how you coach a football team when the conditions are that stodgy. And and and, and you look at you look at their bench. And I've been talking about benches all all day here. But yeah, just, it's just kids on the bench and, and, and very, very a very thin squad for the amount of money that, that was mm-hmm. presumably at, at, at some point available. Hopefully uh, the takeover will, will, will happen and they'll, they'll have a bit more. But... Yeah, I think he he he'll he'll need funds and he'll need, need reinforcements and possibly a real aid pitch. Yes, exactly. Uh, talking of uh, former sexy strikers uh, going into management, did you see that Fernando Torres has taken a coaching role with Atletico's B team, mm, which is quite yeah. nice. Apparently, his training drills were were, were quite impressive, um, which uh, we could all understand because it's Fernando at the end of the day. But yeah, that's that's lovely. We'd love to see him uh, getting involved. In uh, in football, and uh, Diego Simeone's youngest son scored in Torres's first game with the team. I'd imagine he's he basically said to Simeone, "Say, yeah, you're definitely starting. Where do you want to play it up front? That's absolutely fine. Everybody, give the ball to young Simeone there. Mm. Otherwise, his dad may beat me up." but it's good to see, gentlemen. Uh, Right uh, before we go uh, tonight, Arsenal versus Newcastle. Uh, we know that uh, this will be a high-scoring game, Peter. <laughs> my, my, I mean, Newcastle have two modes at the moment. It's kind of like eleven men behind the ball, and they'll lose one nil, or go for something, and they'll just lose by lose by more uh, goals. So I, I think I don't know whether Steve Bruce is playing the press as like <laughs> his adorable Uncle Bacon at the moment, or yeah. he's genuinely having an emotional episode. Uh, Uncle he Bacon. Doesn't like he's, he doesn't look like he's having. Like the best time. He actually, he's he, he, he sort of said that. He, what did he say last week? He said um, we were frigging hopeless last night. Absolute shite. The sort of thing you don't <laughs> normally hear in a presser is joking here. But I think he might be having some genuine difficulties emotionally as as yeah. Newcastle United. And, and and he said on more than one occasion, he said, "I'm not a quitter." He is. He's quit from like eight or nine jobs. <laughs> so I look. If I was going to put money on 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 a on a, on a manager leave. Leaving a, a post, it would probably be Steve Bruce from Newcastle, unless he's getting paid more money than he's ever had in his yeah. uh, career. But Peter, yeah. he said though the gloves are off now, and we will do it my way. Whose way has it been thus far? Oh, Mike actually been I directing know. the the team. I doubt it. <laughs> God knows. God I, knows. I, the mind boggles, Jim. The mind boggles. Arsenal will definitely be without Meza Özil for the tonight's former. Game. <laughs> Arsenal player Meza Özil, former Arsenal player uh, Meza Özil. Oh, oh, yeah. that feels good. He's not even left in Lacazette and Aubameyang are, are, are fighting over his number ten shirt. He's not even left yet. <laughs> Give it to Smith Rowe. Give it to Young yeah. Neil. Yeah, exactly. Give it I'm to right. me. Give it to Jim. You've bloody earned yeah. it. Yeah. Give it to Arsenal fan TV. Okay. <laughs> 
That's what I say. Uh, right, everybody, uh, on tomorrow's show, I'm back with Vish and Andy. It promises to be an absolute cracker. You would be crackers to miss it. Um, so it's been a pleasure, though, talking to you this Monday. Jim, th- thank you so much. You're welcome. Pete, thank you so much. Would you like a goodbye from the dog? Yes. Oh, yes. And I'll make him howl. Oh, you have as well. All right. Get him to eat a carrot. All right. Don't don't overcook it. Yeah. All right, buddy. Stay right. That's That's the rest of your day sorted. It'd be like this all day now. Oh, he has finally oh, gone to live with a pack oh, of dogs, me. as we all <laughs> always knew he would. I'm in the woods. Right, the ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much indeed. We'll see you tomorrow. Ta-ta. <laughs> this was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creator Network. 